You gotta go with it, man. Don't fight it. Don't fight the funk. This is the limited edition. Yeah, that's a good look. Welcome back, Bucket Busters. I'm your host, Tim Johnson. And this is the Busted Bucket Podcast. Locally grown here in Portland, Oregon, the City of Roses, City of Bridges, Stumptown, PDX. This is a show dedicated to Rip City and everyone who loves Portland basketball. Joining me is my co-host, Eric, the Encyclopedia Foster. What's good, Portland? Eric Foster. We got a guest. We do. He's been on before. He has. And, and due to uh, high demand from our our audience, our listeners, our high. bucket busters, we got to have him back for part two. <laughs> Antonio Harvey, welcome to the show, man. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me back. After that first episode, I was worried. You know, I, I know that your, uh, your ratings took a dive. And I was like, oh, man, <laughs> I screwed up the show. I broke the show. I can't it's- come on again now. Not to mention, I had to hear from John LaCroft's sorry tale. Oh that's boy, yeah. Let me tell you, I tried to set that up. I tried to, I tried to really, really put something together where I could do like a boxing match between the two of you guys. But John was afraid of you, and he said that he wasn't going to have any of that because he knew you'd give him the pause. Listen, let me tell you something. If you had John LaCroft and I in a boxing match, make sure you have three things. Number one. Uh, nine one nine one one on speed dial. Like that's a must. Uh, for you or for him? Uh, for both. No matter, no, there's no winner yeah. in that box. Nobody's that's landing any punches. Good. They're just passing out because they'll be gassed. Yes. Do you remember the end of the first? I think it was the first Rocky show when they both hit each other at the same time and they both fall down. Well, imagine the opposite of that. We both punch. We both miss, but we still fall down. That's essentially what you would have. <laughs> With me and John. Oh. You know, I, I got to say, he still thinks it was you. I, I, listen, I can't convince the world. To, you know what I mean? You can't convince. <laughs> how do you convince somebody that something didn't happen? It's impossible. Yep. You know? Once it's in their brain, it's it. Right? I, I guess and, once and, they made up their minds. And plus, John is special. You know, that special kind of special. So I just got to <laughs> let him think that. Like, yeah, that's all I can do. I think a lot of people would agree with you. Come uh, on, Anybody Tone. that knows him would agree. Yes. Tone, I gotta I gotta ask you, man, did you watch the Super Bowl? I did. I did. I actually um I'm not a huge football fan. I grew up with football, uh-huh. but it's you know, my time is my time actually. But Sunday I was able to just sit in front of the TV and enjoy the game, and that's what I did. Okay. So there's a there's a big debate, it seems, about the halftime show. Okay. And I gotta know, man, was it the greatest halftime show ever for you? Hell no! It was great. It was it, a great was, halftime show. It was uh, good. Wait, can I can I guess tone? Can I guess what's your favorite? Because it's my favorite too. Go it ahead. Might be mine. Prince. Hell yeah! Yes. Right. There's nobody how, done it. Nobody's done it better. How do you beat Prince singing "Purple yeah, Rain" the in the freaking rain? Yeah. So this so this whole so the people who are saying that that this was the greatest halftime show ever are the same people who say stuff like all oh, LeBron's the goat." like, <laughs> come on, stop. Like catch up just because it's the newest thing doesn't make it the greatest thing. No, not even I'll go one further. I would actually put Michael Jackson popping up all over the damn stadium. Yes. Yep. Up on those stanchions or whatever those right? were. Yes. At a, at a bare minimum number two. Uh-huh. And I could probably think of two more. Beyonce wasn't bad. Mm-mm. Beyonce and um, and uh, the little dude that dances so good and sings Bruno? really well. Is it Bruno? Bruno Mars. 
That's another good one. Like, come on, folks. Come on. Like, well, and then, hell, do we need to mention Janet Jackson's titty popping out? Like, stop playing with me. How does that not rank number one? Well, you know, that, you know what he, I think a lot of like people that one forgot? fulfilled a lifetime fantasy. That's my point. <laughs> I was like, I've always wanted to yeah. see Janet Jackson's titty. And they did it. Like, stop. That's why that's why people talk about this the greatest. Stop playing with me. I'm a grown ass man. You know, stop people, playing with me. People also forget about the Shakira and Jennifer Lopez show. I thought that one was pretty good. Hey, I thought that one was really good. I didn't Let's hear any of the music. No, didn't care. I might have turned it down as a matter of fact. The music was a distraction. Mute. Mute. <laughs> Just watch. Gentlemen, Although, make sure make sure your wives don't listen to this show. Yeah, and let's keep it real. I mean, you can't really mute it. You don't go to a strip strip club and turn the music off. So you kind of had to watch it with the, with the music on to get the full effect. True but, story. You know. I agree. I agree. Uh, we have we have one more question. So we we were actually okay. talking about this. Uh, we we always talk about Blazer stories, right? And one of the ones that came up was the time. Do you remember Quintel Woods? Oh yeah. Um, you you never played with him though, did you? No, no. Okay, that was no, like he was. That was right after I left and right before I came back. Okay, so Quintel Woods got pulled over with a suspended license. I'm sure you remember this. Yep. And instead of showing a license, he showed a basketball card. Have you ever thought about doing that? Like, why isn't that an acceptable form of ID? Good question. That actually has happened to me, um, but not because I was driving on a suspended license. Yeah. I was um, <laughs> I was recently, this is like in the last six months, I was down in LA uh, visiting my oldest boy uh, on a weekend and I fly into LAX and because I'm a retired NBA player, we have a special code through our retired players association that gets us a discount on certain things, right? Okay. So I fly down and I get to Avis and i get to the to the to the thing and the guy is like um i need to see your business card i said oh well, business card what do you need my business card for well we need to confirm that you actually work for the company you're saying you work for the retired players association and i said hey i don't work for the retired players association i am a member of the retired players association and they don't give us like a card that we pass out uh-huh. i just am i said dude i'm 610 like, <laughs> how do you think I got the code? So he's like really badgering the shit out of me. So I finally have to like pull up a basketball card on my phone and show it to him. And because I'm it's, I'm in LA and it's a, it's a Laker town, even though Lakers are terrible. Um, now all of a sudden he's all riding my jock. Like yeah. he went from, <laughs> well, who are you? And I need to see your card to, oh my God, you're a former Laker. And I was like, dude, seriously, I just want my fucking keys so I can go. Leave me the fuck alone and get out my Put face. you in a Prius, huh? Put you in a Prius. He was like 6'10 he now, did huh? You, huh? He did. <laughs> no. You had, you had to was, recline that all so the way. He upgraded me. Like, <laughs> he was like, oh, you know, dude, you only paid for, I only paid for the Prius because I'm a cheap bastard. But he upgraded me to a mid-size. I was like, no, 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 just give me the smallest. Don't worry about it. It's cool. Just give me the little one. I'll put like the seat back. I'll yes, just... it was like $8 a day. It was so cheap. But I was like, hey, hey man, to hell with that. I, I live life on a budget. I'm, I'm trying to save. Give $8 car. Oh. I was going to ask which which card you pulled up, being that you were in L.A. Obviously, you're a smart guy and pulled up a Lakers card. 
It was a yeah, it was. It was. It was uh-huh. the first one that popped up. It was a Lakers car. Yeah, <laughs> like I wasn't searching. For a, I'm it. sorry, man, but that's a travesty. What? Did I play for the Lakers? Or no, that the first Lakers one that terrible. pops up is a Lakers card. That's some well, BS. I mean, uh, you know, it was early years. Like maybe they, <laughs> they put them in sequential order. I, I, don't, I don't know. Um, yeah, but that, it, well, I tell you, what was a travesty. Was dude asking to see my damn basketball card because what am I gonna do? Like, what what lie would I want to tell? And does it really matter? I got the code. Shit, yeah. leave me alone. How oh, would man, how would someone that. even get that code? Like, that's gotta be that's just a that's gotta be guys so protected, right? It is. It's 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 behind the firewalled website and all of that. You have to have login credentials. I think dude was just being a jackass until he realized I was a Laker. Mm. Maybe upgrading you wasn't him riding your jock as much as trying to do not tell on me <laughs> yeah don't don't get me fired please don't put don't put me on twitter <laughs> little they know Tom doesn't have twitter i was about to say yeah i couldn't if i wanted to <laughs> don't put me oh. on facebook man yeah don't put me now nah, i can facebook the shit out of you but <laughs> i can't even instagram you <laughs> I, I can put you on my myspace though you better watch out <laughs> top, top eight the hell out of this, you. you're my top eight now <laughs> I'll put you on my AOL account. Yeah. Oh, Gotta be man. careful. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Tone. All right, Tone. All right. Let's let's get into basketball. That's enough. Okay, of that. let's do let's it. Let's get into let's basketball. Uh, have you been following this season? Yes. Yes, I actually okay. have. Not, uh, not just not the Blazers. Just the okay. Yeah, NBA in general. Yeah. Okay. Who's uh in your mind, who's the, the front runner for MVP? Oh I, gotta I gotta be, It's gotta be fun for you this year. Like it is, big it is. It, that, that's the beauty of it. But you know what? If I'm being honest, um, everybody's leaning towards Joel Embiid. I still like Giannis. Like, yeah. dude is so freaking dominant, and he does it in so many different ways. I don't think he'll win it. I think Joel Embiid is is going to win it, and deservedly so. I mean, he's been balling this year. Maybe. I mean, balling. Now, well, well, who would you say if not if not Embiid? Well, I think Giannis, but I, I mean, it's Embiid's type unfortunately that at some point during the season he will get injured and pull himself out of that race yeah. he's been top guy for yeah, the last couple wrong. of years to me yeah and then he gets hurt that's a good point that's a good point he almost eliminates himself yeah yeah with the injury yeah think, that's that's valid you think joker still still has a pretty good shot though uh no i don't think so because they they've denver's not what they were last year yeah that's true right and i think that when you look to me when you look at an mvp the most valuable player on a terrible team has should never have a chance uh, at being MVP. If you're in the middle of the league, as far as standings, you're not in the MVP running. I'm sorry you have to be able to elevate your team in order to be on that stage. So right now, unless Denver makes a huge push, I don't, I don't see it. I mean, in this league though, the way it is today, I mean, there, can you honestly say that one player can elevate their team? I mean, yes. unless they're yes. unless unless they're they have other stars around them. Can well, you- yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think I'll give you that. But I'll give you a great example is Chris Paul, and I'm not even a Chris Paul fan. I don't even like Chris Paul. I mean, he's got booked though. But yeah, but so so let me ask you this: Book is great. I don't and you know, I don't know if you guys noticed, but Book's from my hometown. So okay. I'm a fan, uh, but did he elevate Book's game? I think he did. I yeah. think he did. I, I, here's okay. I'm not gonna say I'm a Chris Paul hater. I actually really 
like Chris Paul. I just think that he was the best player on every team he's been on up until he got to the Suns. Right. Um, I think he was the right piece that they needed at the, I mean, this current time. Like, he was the perfect piece to insert there. Yep. So that's where I I think Chris Paul has a case. Chris Paul is one of those guys that he's he's literally a one in a million guy. Like, no matter where he goes, he's going to find a way to win because his competitiveness and that... Mm -hmm that mold of him does not let him do anything except win. It's a personal thing. Uh, there's only a few guys that had that, you know, like Kobe, MJ, mm-hmm. you know, we argue like uh, Larry Bird is another guy who had that, yep. you know, and he just doesn't like to lose. So he can be 37 years old and he can still do what he does. But I'm with Tone, like that Phoenix team was the exact same team without Chris Paul and they were winning 20 games. And yep. Chris Paul comes in there and they're in the NBA Finals. I mean, you're not wrong, but all, I guess my argument is that he wasn't the only star on that team. And even still, like, yes, Chris Paul will always be a star as long as he's in the NBA. He's special, man. The guy's, he he's a special is guy. special, but I wouldn't say that he was the star on that team. No, I, that's why I think he's an MVP. Mm-hmm. He isn't the star, mm-hmm. right? When you can okay. be a second guy and still elevate your team, that's what makes you special. Right. I don't think anybody like like I don't think anybody in in uh Brooklyn deserves MVP conversation. Take them out of the running. Not KD, not Kyrie, not Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Um the reason we like Jokic so much is because Jokic elevates everybody around mm-hmm. him. Right? Mm-hmm. That's my case for Chris Paul, is that yes. Devin Booker is playing great basketball. He made him better. But it's not just Devin Booker. DeAndre Ayton. Um, Bridges. Boy from, from Temple. Uh, the the long arm swing wingman. I can't remember his name off the top of my head now. Um, of course, I'm, I'm having a... Yeah, if I, was, if I was still broadcasting, I'd, I'd be able to tell you his name. <laughs> but you know who I'm talking about. Real, yes. real thin dude. How about the shooter? Cameron... Cameron... Pain? Is it Payne? Not Payne. Not Payne. Not Payne. Payne's the backup uh, point guard. From North Carolina. It's yeah. This is old age happening to me right now. I can tell you everything about the dude. Can't tell you his name. But <laughs> everybody on Phoenix's roster, with the exception of Devin Booker, has been made better by Chris Paul. That's the argument di- for MVP. Okay. I, I can't I can't dispute that. You're absolutely right. I you know, I'm just I just feel like most guys that get MVP have another star around them. Well, that's what he has. He's got he's got yeah. Booker. Yeah, you're right. But Kobe, he, what he doesn't have is I'm sorry. Uh, it's like Kobe, Steve Nash. But it was a different yep. era back then. Yeah, I guess you could. Like they you didn't could definitely have as make many that of these super teams, and I, yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to get go down that. I don't. Rabble, I don't think that. Will I don't think Devin Booker's a superstar. Person. You're you're crazy. I, I think that he is. I think he's a one of the best players in the NBA. But I don't think. But again, it's because. He was never able to win without a guy like Chris how, Paul coming in there. How can you be one That's of the best my, players in the NBA I but not Book. be a superstar? I love Book. I do. But there, there's, a, I like him in Phoenix's system. I like him with a guy like Chris Paul because I don't feel like he operates at the same caliber as a guy like Damian Lillard, a guy like Kevin Durant. You know, I don't think he's on that level. Of, okay. So let's make the Kevin Durant argument because that's a good one. When is Kevin Durant not had an all-star with him. Never. But, uh, okay. That, 
I suppose that's a fair argument too. I look at KD as a guy that you could pull off any team and you could put him on any team regardless of the roster and make the yet, most competitive. And yet he's never He's never had the been. chance. Yeah. So I can't say that. Yeah. I can't say that. I'll tell you what I can say. I can say that without Kyrie Irving, uh, KD's team sucked this year. Without Kyrie Irving, they had James Harden and Kevin Durant for stretches and they still couldn't win. So I don't I, know. I, I, mean, I don't know if that's true. Tone, they still suck with him. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I can make that argument now because now Kevin Durant's being exposed. He always had Russ. He went from Russ to the Golden State Warriors with their three all-stars, yeah. right? Then he gets to, to Brooklyn with Kyrie, and things are still good because he's got Kyrie. Kyrie goes down. Yeah, he's still getting his numbers, but his team is terrible. He doesn't elevate anybody. That's mm -hmm. why he's not in the running. He's not elevating. Um, Jokic elevates. Joel Embiid. Think about this. Joel Embiid has played this season with no other superstar. Most of the season, Ben Simmons has been out. He's played with Tobias Harris, uh, Wendell Ma oh, Maxi, or whatever his name is. Something is it Maxie. Tyrese Maxi? Tyrese, yes, the Maxi kid, uh, Curry, and that's no knock on Curry, but come on. He's not. Like, he's not a. He's not a superstar or an all-star. He ain't even a star. He's a. Yeah. Uh, he's a. He's, uh, he's his dad. Um, <laughs> I mean, you think about it, and maybe, maybe I'm making the case for Joel right now. He hasn't had a superstar all season, and he's got numbers, and his team is one, and his team is elevated. You know his, what? I'm standing Joel Embiid. That's what I'm saying. Like, Embiid has got to be the front runner. Yeah. I didn't think about it until we literally started talking about it just now. He has to be. I have to, I have to, I have to alter all of that. He is the front runner for MVP just by virtue of the things that his team's doing. Yeah, and, and to your point, Eric, you know, barring any injury, like, that would be – I still feel like if I were on whatever voting committee it is, like, I would still have to be giving Embiid votes for MVP if he gets hurt, you know, going into the – whenever the deadline is to vote for this. Like, my vote is still going to go for Embiid. It has to just based on the body of work from the beginning of the season until that point. Like, oh, I agree. To. I just feel like that he'll disqualify himself at some point because of that, and that will have an effect on MVP votes if he doesn't play out the season. Um, speaking of MVP votes, can I just point out that our guy went down, and I'm just going to completely change the conversation. I know yeah, I am. It's all good. But can I just point out that our guy has gone down to New Orleans and put on a damn show? Look, Tone, we have said this essentially since we started this podcast. The best thing that could happen for the Blazers and CJ McCollum is for CJ to go somewhere else because and and you can dispute this if you want, but it always felt like playing next to Dane, CJ was always held back or overshadowed, call it what you will. He was never able to elevate his game because he was playing mm. alongside such a star in Dane. I don't think that's the case. I think that because of the way that Dame arrived in Portland, CJ felt it was best for everyone involved for him to play a complimentary role. Well, he e could either been, way, either way, he had to and play I said this before. Fiddle. I've said this before. If you switch their roles... Right. And Dame gets here the year before or CJ gets here the year before and he's the guy, 
that's there with Matthews and Aldridge and Lopez and and Batum. And then Dame's the guy that comes in. I it may not work in the social aspect and the way that he's impacted Portland from a player standpoint. I bet you CJ would be the top guy. Um I think from a skills standpoint, you're right. Uh first first of all, and I think we might have even talked about it before. From a basketball standpoint, CJ is a better basketball player. Yeah. All like, around. yes. Yeah. From, from a skill standpoint, he's got a better handle. His shot's just as good. His mid range is just as good. He may not shoot it as deep as Dame, like, but not many people do. Where Dame has an advantage and what elevates him is his will. I don't know that CJ has the same will that Dame has. And that's not a knock on CJ because CJ is a willful son of gun. But Dame's will, his desire to be great, uh, his desire to put a dagger in your heart. I don't know if there's many players like that. And I think that's the only reason why the the, the conversation could never be flipped um, is because I just don't know how you could ever squash that thing in Dame that makes him Dame. Like you couldn't, you just, just no way to do it. Do you feel like uh, if Zion comes back that New Orleans team is lethal? Um. I feel like if Zion comes back, it's going to be a miracle. Oof, I, I, I feel like if Zion comes back at all, I'm not even talking about this season. Uh-huh. I'm talking about at all. I don't know that Zion Williamson is going to be an NBA player. Because you've seen it firsthand. You've seen it firsthand. Yeah. I mean, I can tell you 20 guys in my 35 years around the league that could not maintain weight well enough to be the player that they were capable of. He's in his third season. He's, you know, he clocked in at around 350, 66350. You can't, you just can't. We know, man. We uh it's everything. One of the most depressing tweets I saw within the last week was a comparison between Zion and Greg Oden, calling him Greg Oden 2.0. No. I'm gonna tell you why was not the reason. Exact. Greg had yes. like anatomical issues that did not allow him to to fulfill his potential. This is just back away from the table, big fella. Like yeah. get some self control, big fella. This yeah. is it's not the same. It, it, I just can't compare him. One of my um, favorite Blazers of all time, and really is, is is Kevin Duckworth. Kevin Duckworth was my guy. Yeah, and he was a guy too that was. I mean, when he was lighter. Um, and he played, he was a nimble big guy and he could move yep. and he could, and as he put on weight, it just crushed his career, you know? Yep. Like torpedoed it and at like 30, you know, he's like 30 yeah. years old, should be in his prime mm-hmm. and just torpedoed his. Well, Zion's 20, 21. Oliver Miller, another guy. Uh, Oliver Miller actually lost, is now, hell, Oliver Wu, Miller weighs less him. than I do. I know, I saw him. I saw, I'm kind I saw of him mad at, about it now that I think about it. Did you go down there to Las Vegas to that Top Golf thing where? No, so check this out. Um, I don't know if you guys heard me kind of earlier in the show. When I get home, I don't leave my house. <laughs> um, I have, you guys, like people think I'm crazy. I actually have, as a retired player, we get two tickets to All-Star Game every season, no matter where it is. Tickets, hotel accommodations, the whole nine. I get two oh, wow. tickets, air, airline, and hotel. I have never been to an. I went to one um, in two thousand 
when I was still playing. I have not been to an All-Star game in retirement. Have no desire to go. None. Well, tell we have I'll conventions. take those tickets off your hands. Dang, I man. wouldn't. Uh, yeah, $27,000. <laughs> 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 he said, yeah, no joints uh, on. They're on StubHub. That's how he is. Oh, <laughs> right. No, you know what? You have to go to pick them up. I have no desire to be involved. And, and yeah, I was, I was me and my partners were at the office today and we were just sitting around shooting the shit. And we realized that we have more stuff going in the cannabis space than 99% of people you read about and nobody knows who we are. And we kind of <laughs> like that. Like, I love the fact that I got things going and nobody knows unless I tell them. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's just me. Like, I don't need to be, I don't have to relive the life. I don't need to hang around with the guys I played with to feel validated. Uh, I, I feel pretty damn valid every day. So I have no desire to get on an airplane and drive, fly to Cleveland, Ohio, of all places. First <laughs> of all. In the dead of winter. Right. In the dead of winter. Here's some places where the All-Star Game should never be held. Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> right off the bat. Let's just eliminate Cleveland. Let's eliminate Indiana. Let's eliminate Detroit. Let's eliminate uh, Minnesota. Oh hell yeah, Minnesota, <laughs> Minnesota, Let's Wisconsin, Milwaukee. Yep. Uh, come on, come on, guys, help me out. Chicago? I'm gonna tell you where you need to hold the All-Star Game. Uh, Chicago's a cool city, though. Let's permanently move the All-Star Game to Las Vegas, Nevada, or Tampa. Nah, I ain't like Vegas. Any... Vegas, Tampa's too. It's hard to get to. It's the other corner of the country. Right, if but we if do Vegas, it's dangerous. I'm not going. I'm half Asian. I'm at the table. I'm not going to the game if I go to Vegas. <laughs> hey, man, that's I'm at every table. Dog. Come on, Zion. You got to push away from the table, dog. <laughs> you got to have some self-control. <laughs> I just lost some money at a a on last Saturday. <laughs> oh, no, nah, man. I'm not. Uh, yeah, nah. I just I can't leave the house. So back to our guy, though. We just Sorry. got all off 10. Mm -hmm. CJ. God, I'm so happy for him. I hate that he left the Blazers. I actually texted him the night, he, the morning that he left, and uh, we, we talked a little bit. He's happy though. He's happy to have his own team. Well, he that was the place he wanted to go, right? Yeah. yeah. Real quick, what does that say about the Blazers organization and what they'll do for a player like they did with what they did for CJ by letting him kind of dictate where he was going to go if he were to be moved? It's the only way for a franchise like Portland to, to exist, right? The worst thing that could ever happen for the Blazers is they get a reputation for not taking care of guys. It's already a tough destination. Mm -hmm. Now you got a tough destination with a reputation of not looking out for their own. You never have a chance in free agency. So they did the right thing. Um, and and what, what I'm really delighted at, because I wasn't sure about the trade, but watching Anthony Simons really elevate in a role of being that guy has mm -hmm. been pleasant because I was worried that we trade CJ and Simons crumbles under the under the pressure, but he hasn't. He's been really good, and well, now he gets that learning experience going into next season. I mean, so what were your Lord, thoughts the last, on that? The last four games, he's averaged thirty points a game. Yeah, yeah. Now well, he, had two, now, he had two really good teachers. Uh, yes. Yeah, but but I also need to put that in perspective, guys. The best player on the worst team is still a shit player. So I don't want to like I don't want to pump him up too much. I want to see I want to see him grow and learn and be great. But then I'll judge him next season when he's got Dame next to him. Can That's he still it. figure out how to do it? I don't see any way that they let Josh Hart go. Oh my God, no! 
So you can't. You can't. So then, so then this is this is where the question is. Okay, so we went from a three guard lineup of uh, Dame, CJ, and Powell. You have to assume that Chauncey does not want to play three guards up front. No. Oh, Hart's coming off the bench. So is Hart? Which one? Well, this this is the question, right? Does Hart come off the bench, or is it because he's more established? And you have a weapon in Simons. To si- no. Is Simons the guy to come? You're going to be paying bench? Simons too much to come off the bench. And then Plus, keep- he's too good. You can't you well, can't bench him. Yeah, but to your point, Tone, what I would like to see from Simons is more uh, off ball play, some more catch and shoot kind of play because he he doesn't have to do that right now. Right now, he's got the ball in his hands. He's dictating every everything that happens. Yep. I I agree with you 100. percent he will develop that i think those that skill set comes when you get stronger well yep. and when dame comes back and when you have another guy that can do the same things that you're doing so so two moves two moves that i thought first and foremost the norman powell move uh i thought that was great really I think I, the you're last the first time, person that we've talked to that has said that so i like that i, I like we, that deal i don't know if we talked about it the first time i was on the show but I have a gauge for how good an NBA team is. It's a really we simple did. gauge. Yeah. How many of your players are top 10 at their position in the NBA? If you've got two, you're going to win games. You never have a chance of winning a championship. If you've got three, you have a legitimate chance at a championship. You've got four, you're damn near chalk it up. You're, 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 in, the, you're in the running now. You're that, you're that team. Um, the Blazers had two this year. Two. Yeah, we Dang. talked about that. And CJ, we and talked I asked about, you about Powell. And what did I say? Said, can't no. do it. No, can't do it. And if, I said Nurk, and you said hell no. Hell, <laughs> that's the guy I would have liked to see traded. And I know people are, are against it, the Bosnian beast. Listen, man, dude is inconsistent. And at his best, he's fourteen and eight. This is his best season. He's averaging fifteen points, eight rebounds. Guess what he averaged the last three years? Fourteen points, eight rebounds. He is what he's going to be. He's never going to be top fifteen top 10 in the league. So now the Blazers had Powell, Covington, and and Nurk. So three out of their five, at Covington was bottom 15, maybe bottom 10. Uh, Nurk was about 15, and Powell was about 20. You can't, you can't sustain a team that's going to win with those three guys. So the, Nurk, the Covington-Powell trade was great. Nazir Little special that's my dude the guy right he's the guy my words ladies and gentlemen and you guys are saying it he's gonna be the difference maker a guy i thought the blazers gave up on too soon was the zach no zach um collins kid they let go to zach collins zach collins would have won this team a championship but but he's also injury prone is the problem i i get why i get why that move happened but at the same time, I don't even think they moved him. They just let him go, right? They just yeah. let him go. Yeah. And San Antonio I mean, picked him up for nothing. So why not keep him for nothing? Yeah. I mean, you got a great point. I, I agree. I love Zach. That, that's one of those dudes that you love having on your team because he's full of piss and vinegar. Yep. So, so let me let me ask you guys a question because you guys like to, like to ask me. So I'm going to ask you a question. <laughs> okay. When you get past the top five players on the four, the top four players on the roster right now, which one of those guys would start on any NBA team? Anyone. Not even, I'm not any other team. I can't think of one. No. I, I don't think we have them. So why not keep Zach Collins? Whether he's a starter on another team or not, at least he's a known commodity. 
these dudes are known. I think and some then, of it had and, to do and, with. The... And if you and if you get them for pennies on the dollar, that's a great point. Might as well. I don't know. I'm a weird guy about. I see. I saw Zach's talent. I thought the Blazers Neil O'Shea, but we all know how I feel about him. Well, we all uh, love to hate on that guy. Well, I don't. I I I, I just hate him. I, I, there's no love involved. I really just do not like <laughs> no, him. Yes. I didn't like him. Yeah. Anyway, so you're not going to be biased then when we ask you how do you like his successor? Uh, uh, shit. Uh, Joe. Joe is a great dude. Now, I don't know. The, you know, Time will tell whether or not he's a great GM. Mm-hmm. But Joe Cronin is a good human being. And every decision that Joe Cronin makes will be made based on the fact that he's a good human being. So I trust it, right? Yes. Neil O'Shea was a bad human being. So you never knew if what he was doing was in his best interest to preserve his job or was it in the team's best interest so they would win, mm-hmm. right? Because Neil was was great at making a deal and then pointing to the guy who's coaching the team and saying, well, I made him, I brought in a player, but he couldn't figure it out with him. So mm-hmm. I think everything Joe does is going to be geared towards making the team better. And that's why I'm uh, very confident in where they're going. I'm going to jump back real quick. You mentioned Nas, and you talked about the roster and whatnot. One of the guys we just brought in who I really like, uh, just based off of the small sample size that we've seen so far, Justice Winslow. What do you think about that guy? Love him. Tough. I think I think you got to keep him. Tough and physical. Him and Josh Hart. Uh, so those two guys are both great second unit players. Mm-hmm. Josh Hart could actually slide into your first unit and you'd be okay if you had other great players. Like, if, like imagine Josh if Hart. If he's your fourth in, best player. Exactly. If he's your fourth best player, mm-hmm. you're a good-ass team. If he's your second best player, not so much. But if you've got Dane and you've got Simons and you can add a small forward uh, and then you put Nas and one more guy and then you've got Josh Hart. And Justice Winslow coming off the bench. I like that. I like that first seven you got there. Got to add another big. Um, and there's some pieces to be added. But, I, you know, yeah, the, the moves the Blazers made at the trade deadline were great moves. I, I so, agree. So you you mentioned getting a wing player or small forward. You don't think Nas is going to fill that role? Um, I like him at the three. The only the only question I have on Nas is I don't know if he creates well enough as a small forward, right? To me, small forward is quintessential. It's Scottie Pippen. I don't know if he's going to ever be Scottie Pippen. I don't know if he can create well enough on his own to be Scottie Pippen. But as a fast power forward who can get out and run, ah, jump, long. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, but at the same time, he's undersized. No, not really. Six, seven. Six, but he's got six, a six, six, I mean. But it, it's his wingspan. That wingspan makes up. Yeah, I like I, I Winslow. Guess, at the, I like I guess Winslow. When I, I like Winslow there too, but I guess when I think of a, a power forward, I, th- I think of someone with someone like like with your frame tone, like a six ten, six nine, because maybe old. six eight. It's I mean, you think like ten. Montrez or something. What's that? Well, we're, it's because we're old. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I am more old school. But I'll tell you who's a great a great model. I tell you who I'd really like to see Nas model his game after Draymond, Draymond Green, and I think oh, I he's do. capable. I think he's very he's athletic enough. He's more athletic than Dre. I don't know if he has the basketball IQ that Dre had, but Dre played four years yeah. at Michigan State, so the IQ was elevated coming into the league. Um, but I think if he really studies Dre film, he could become like that. 
He's got a good enough handle. Like, here's the, the crazy thing about Draymond Green that people don't know. He does not have a crazy handle. He, he has a north-south no handle. handle. <laughs> right? He has a north-south handle, and he's so big and physical that you can't just take it from him. And you can't take the charge because he's got a, he's got a really good body control. Exactly. So you so that's what I think Nas could do. Get a rebound. But now here's the thing that 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 Chauncey's got to change in the team. It can't be look for Damon, look for Anthony. It's got to be if anybody but Nurk gets the rebound, everybody else is is down the court, right? And and I've got some, you know, I, I think Chauncey's a good guy, and I think Chauncey's going to be a great coach. But I think Chauncey might have done some really done some real damage to this team coming in. Um, hmm. This is one of the best offenses in the NBA. Why did he come in and mess with that? Because Why he not? was probably told. I mean, he knew that defense was supposed to be the focus. It's yeah, but you can, you can fix the defense without changing the offense. You're right. That, You're yeah. right. I'm just I'm just trying to offer that. a counterpoint. You can do that. But see, that's what always gets me with freaking coaches. And I, I think Chauncey's going to be a great coach. So this is no knock on him. But to come in and say the defense is bad, so let me change the offense, man, I would have been studying what Terry was doing, one of the best <laughs> offensive minds in the game, and I would have come in and told Damon CJ, don't change a thing, gentlemen, except will you please play some defense? Just play with some effort on defense, just any effort. <laughs> well, see, and here, here I'm about to contradict myself, gentlemen. How can you play with effort on defense when Nurk is behind you? Yep. So, yes, I, I'm glad we went back to Nurk. So you you had mentioned that you would lo have loved to see Nurk get moved at the, at mm -hmm. the deadline. Mm -hmm. I've always said the way that this roster was constructed, you need a more athletic big. Nurk was great. I got sure I caught Nurk fever. I was in there with everybody else. Love the big guy. But he wasn't the right fit. You don't need a big lumbering center nope. on this team you need someone like deandre ayton or a, a miles turner or bagley you know bagley, bagley. Ah. Uh, you need a nerland's noel that's a name that's the name you need i don't even think you need a marvin bagley here's the problem with marvin bagley he believes he's a star <laughs> so he gets in your way i mean nurk said after the season last year oh i want to be used in a different way well chauncey's trying to use him and guess what his numbers are the same so it's yeah. not the coach, my man. It's I you. do like the way he's played the last couple of games. How has he come. played? He's no, played really no. well. I mean, he's been Listen. more aggressive. I, I will say, on what? As a fan, more aggressive it where? looks like he's been more aggressive. Where? Well, he's getting touches. He's getting the touches, well, so he oh, plays better true. defense. He's oh. oh, so wait. So really, he's the same. Yeah, he just oh, yeah. He's more just getting touches. touches. He's just getting the touches. Oh, okay. But his defense ain't no better. But he ain't helping the team on defense at all. Damn it! I wish. Could I please be? More. Could I please be seven feet tall and average half a block a game in the NBA? <laughs> right. Playing th playing thirty minutes a game. Listen, let me tell you something. If I didn't do anything else, I did that. Like nothing else in the league. I don't even claim that they've done anything else. But goddamn, if you came in the paint and I was in there, I was gonna get a finger on the ball. That was my. That was the whole point. I was out. That your there. job. Mm -hmm. That was my job. Nurk's job in this. Leave your offense at the door. I'll give you a name that I would love a, the type of player. Imagine Ben Wallace on a roster like this. It's ben a Wallace rap. would be good. Right? Because he's going to clog the paint. He's going to touch people when they come through. Right? The Blazers don't have anybody like that. Winslow. Are there are there any Ben Wallaces Winslow. out there right now, though? There's a few. Oh, 
Yes, there is. I tell you his name. I can't tell you. Hold on, I'm gonna look him up. Someone who's not locked up, though. No, 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 no. The Blazers are actually in a position to get this guy. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I liked uh, Kentucky. Who did I see? Somebody said that Justice Winslow looks like Anthony Mason. He does a little bit. Well, I thought I was like, you can't say that just because he's a lefty. But then I was looking at how wide his shoulders are. I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah, okay, I can see it a little bit. Dude is built. Um, the Blazers are going to have two picks in the first round, right? Mm-hmm. They're probably mm-hmm. going to be somewhere between six and nine or six and, and, and 11. The kid at Kentucky. Uh, the big fella. Hold on, I'm gonna find his name, guys. And we're gonna. I'm gonna say. I want to say it on the air right now. So when we pass him up and he gets <laughs> to the league next year, we can come back to this and y'all can be like, "Damn, Tone told us we should uh-huh. get him." Hold on. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 and up minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction see draftkings.com sportsbook for the full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources void where prohibited minimum five dollar deposit gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in tennessee call or text the tn red line 1-800-889-9789 in connecticut call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg dot org slash chat in new york call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 uh he's leading the, the the country in rebounds per game he's averaging 16 rebounds a game he's averaging like 14 points and 16 rebounds that's the guy the blazers need to go after he's from the uh democratic republic of congo and i, I don't have time i'm yes. gonna try to find oh uh I know who you're talking about. I'm gonna look this it up right kid. now. I'm gonna get it for you. How do you say his last I, name? Is it Twiz, Twizby is it, is or it, Oscar? Is Twiz? it is it Paulo Banchero? No, I would not. I wouldn't give. I wouldn't give you 35 cent and a pack of now later some Paulo. Okay. Not, so it's it's not. It's not Chet. You said Oscar Schwebe. Schwebe. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oscar Schwebe. He's a legit okay. big man. He's about six nine, six ten, probably two forty five, two fifty. Great legs. But he's already shown me that he can rebound the basketball at a high level, that he can defend the paint at a high level, that he can finish in the, at the rim at a high level. Kid is shooting. Listen to these numbers. College. He's a three-year college guy. He's averaging four, I believe 14, 16, and he's shooting 60% from the field. Essentially, he's Greg Oden in 2022. Basically, just not as not as he's not as big as Greg is. Or was is I guess is he still alive? Um, so I'm saying, I'm saying with one and and he's a project. He's not even projected right now, by the way. If I'm the Blazers, I'm bringing him in, and I'm using one of those the latter, the of late those one, two picks, yeah, the late the late mm-hmm. lottery right? pick, because he's a game changer. You put him next to Dane. You put him next to uh, Simons. You put him next to whoever, and all he's going to do is eat rebounds and outlet the ball and, and run. That's what you need. And run and dunk around the rim, and that to me is 
it's fucking G. I'm sorry for saying that word on the air. That's but okay. Say fuck. it. Say um, it. <laughs> oh, fuck. Fucking GMs. They always want to draft like, oh, this guy is so special. And uh-huh. then they end up maybe or maybe not. This dude is averaging 14 and 16. He's more already often, special. More often than not, they end up not. Right? So let's go get the known commodity. Let's go ahead and, and, and not swing for the fences. Let's get a guy who plugs in right now today as my starting center. Nurk, thank you very much. We're going to let you go in free agency. We're going to yep. save that money because you will never defend the rim. You're always going to bitch and complain about something. Let's get him up out of here. So you don't want him to bring well, here's you don't what you want do them to bring him back next season. So you do nope. that. You do that and then you bring in a guy like Robin Lopez. And you go get as I your would backup love center. Robin Lopez. Yep. You know, that's my guy. Um I love Rolo. Because of the way he played. Yep. Rolo played the game to win for his team to win. Well, he, he just seems so smart. His numbers. He seems yes. so smart. He's got the basketball IQ. He may not have all the athleticism that these other players have, but he's he's intelligent. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you can't play the game he plays in today's style of NBA and continue to get a spot unless there's something special about you. So imagine you 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 saw you draft Oscar Schwebe, you bring in a Rolo for a couple million dollars, you just saved a bunch of money, and so Rolo is going to teach Schwebe how to be an mm-hmm. NBA player over time, give him two seasons. I'm going to give you two years, $5 million. That's nothing on the salary cap. He loves Portland, right? We get him mm-hmm. back. He teaches Sweet Bay for two years. Two years from now, he's retired. We bring you on the staff or whatever we're going to do. And now we've got our center for the future. Yeah. We've got Dame and Simons. Yeah, that's how I get down. It's, I'm, true. I'm, it's truly no, no, too I, bad I, that I'm laughing. has left the basketball world because <laughs> you have a front office job waiting for you somewhere. I'm nah. I'm. I'm laughing because as soon as you said bring Rolo on the staff, on the coaching staff, my mind, I imagined Rolo laying on the on the baseline, just coaching from the floor. Yes. <laughs> Stretching Go his back out. <laughs> yep. Nah, man. So, so you know what? What's funny is I actually have had opportunities to start to get into um, front office. I, I've, I have friends in front offices that I talk to, and they ask me questions like this, like, what do you see? Mm-hmm. And my take is so different on the game that I could never be in a front office because I would never draft based on what you might be in three years. I'm going to draft Brandon Roy. I'm going to oh, yeah. draft Damian Lillard. I'm going to draft CJ McCollum. I'm going to draft uh, Oscar Schwebe. Guys who have are a little older, but damn, they were so good in college that I don't have to wait two or three seasons. I know they're going to be good right now. And Why that, couldn't you be in basketball's what, Billy Bean? Who? <laughs> Billy Bill, Moneyball. Bill, you said Billy D. Like Billy yeah. D. Williams? Man, <laughs> Billy, Billy, Billy Bean. Billy Bean. Billy Bean. From Moneyball. Brad Pitt. Movie. Oh, yeah. Open no, I'm A's, good. Man. I'm good. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. They would have to pay me a lot of money for me to leave my cannabis job because it pays me a lot of money. So I'm good. <laughs> Just make them pay you to be a consultant. You know what? I would do it for free <laughs> if somebody asked. Dead serious. I love the game of basketball. I just don't have a place. It doesn't have a place for me, and I don't have a place for it anymore. Mm-hmm. But like coming on shows like this, I could talk basketball all day. See, um, now we've uh, we don't want to put it out there, but he and I, Tim and I, have talked about asking you if you wanted to do like a once a month segment where you just get a chance to just go off. Man, I I would I would enjoy that. You guys what? got to schedule that. You, hey, we you know where I live. We have we a even, name for we it. We got I, a name for it. Watch your tone with Antonio Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, no, nah, man, listen, we can talk about that. I, I, I'd i love to come on. 
Um, it, and once a month would be enough for me to store up enough uh, <laughs> uh, fury to come on and let it all out. Um, uh, you know what's funny is, I don't know if I, I well, no, you, we haven't really had a chance to talk. You know, I actually went back to a game recently. Did you? Finally. I hadn't, I hadn't been back at Motor Center since, um, well, since I left. And it had everything to do with Neil O'Shea. I don't know if we ever talked about yeah, that. Yeah, we did. Oh, yes, we went. You said as long as he worked for the Blazers, you would never walk in that building again. Mm-hmm. Right? And so three days, four days after he was fired, I was back in the building. And I was able to see all of the people that I got to know and, and, and love so much. And it was a great feeling. Uh, and it was interesting because they hated that dude. Mm-hmm. Hated that dude. But they couldn't say anything because he had he, he was such an ass like he, he i'm 100 certain although i have no proof he's an abusive husband or an abusive father because he's the kind of guy who when things don't go right he takes it out on everybody around him mm. right something bad happens at home he curses out his secretary like that to me that's a bad human being and, and so it's cool to be around these people and now they have the freedom to talk and to hear them really express themselves, it was like, whew, I thought I was weird. But as it turns <laughs> out, he's just a bad human being. So, yeah. So, I have been back. I'm actually back on the Blazers alumni team um, as far as uh, being able to represent the Blazers, like, officially now. I'm oh, back nice. with the Alumni Association. Like, literally, the only thing that was ever holding me back was Neil O'Shea. I had no desire to be involved as long as he was involved. Well, speaking of the alumni team, I want the actual alumni team to come back. Were you guys, were these to travel and play? You know what this is? <laughs> <laughs> this is, listen, folks, this is not, a, you can't see this because we're on, I forgot we're on it's radio. It's the cream. <laughs> but this is my sports cream. This is the legend sports cream, legendcbd.com. It's a sports cream. But listen, I do not make enough of this for the alumni team to come back. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, who do I see on there? Nick Jones, Steve Jones' brother, used to play yes. on that team. Uh, yeah. I played for two seasons right after I retired, and it was cool. Um, but I was playing with um, Dale Imhoff, God rest Imhoff, him, yep. and Dale Schluter, God rest him, and you know, Michael Harper and Darnell Valentine. Darnell, me and Darnell were really the only two guys that could still move at the mm. time. So no, no chance of it coming back. Uh, now the alumni team is more about shaking hands and uh, kissing babies, because that's all I got. <laughs> I, you know, years ago, uh, I, I went to some event, a, a, a tour or something of the facility, and you were you were the guest there, and I, that was actually the first time I met you face to face. I was there. Yeah, you, we, it was in the locker room. You gave a like a speech or something. Oh yeah, that could be true. I just that was back. I think I was actually while while I was broadcasting. Yep. Um, we would give we you know we had events like that, and we would interact with the fans. Uh, um, did I say any curse words? Because I was prone to get in trouble that yes. was cursing. Yes, you did. That was sounds about right. Um, That's all right. I try not to. I, I would always try not to say fuck um, <laughs> in a work situation, but everything else was game shit, damn, and hell. I just felt like those are like normal. <laughs> those are acceptable. Normal I mean, that's just, yes. That's part of everyone's vernacular. vocabulary. Who's worth a damn. Yeah. Well, with the exception of shit, the other two are in the Bible. So it's like, how can you really <laughs> you can't argue point. with me? I'm hey, quoting scripture there. here, folks. Leave me alone. <laughs> oh, so 
All right, but listen. So you guys, you guys haven't realized this about me yet, but I can take a conversation anywhere. Y'all got to control the conversation. Well, no, no, we like no it. I'm, we're just letting you cook, say whatever you want. We love it. Yeah. So <laughs> and we got stuff the, we can let's talk. Go off the rails, and I want to know a couple of things. There's a couple of questions okay. I always want to. I always ask former NBA players. You played in the '90s. You played against both of these dudes. Okay. Who was tougher, Malone or Barkley? Oh. It's a two-part conversation, and it's it really depends on how you define it. Carl um, Malone was more skilled. Charles Barkley was harder to deal with. Carl mm-hmm. um, Malone had more skill. He was so physical. He was so strong, right? And he muscled his way. Like, Carl Malone just beat you up and beat you. Charles Barkley beat you because he just wanted to beat you. And there was nothing you could do about it. Um, I remember my, it was my first game as a player. My first game in L.A., um, George Lynch was the 13th pick in the draft, I think it was. He got hurt late in preseason. Eldon Campbell gets hurt late in preseason. So now we're up against opening night, and I'm the only power forward on the roster. We're playing against the Phoenix Suns, and they had um, Danny Manning, and Charles, Danny Manning at the center, Charles Barkley at the power forward. And um, we come out, Paul Westfall was the head coach. So we come out, I'm guarding Charles, and I'm fronting him because I'm bigger than he is, thinking I have an advantage. And they had this play where they would just lob the ball off the backboard. <laughs> True story. You think your garden has got perfectly, and Danny Manning would just bounce it off the backboard like a pass straight to him. He probably got eight of those before I realized it was intentional. I thought Manning was shooting the ball. <laughs> they were. He was so smart, though. Like you hear him talk on TV, and he comes across as a bumbling, you know, fool on TV. Charles Barkley is exceptionally smart, really that's, smart. That's funny you say that because I've always thought he's the smartest guy as far as basketball is concerned on that show. When you when you take away when you really take away how he sounds because he's from Lee's, Alabama, right? <laughs> Country bumpkin. <laughs> So he sounds like he's a bumpkin. But if you take away the word, the how he's saying and really listen to what he's saying, man, dude's fucking brilliant, man. And I like him. And not just that, he's a good human being. Again, you know, I think you guys can tell by now, I like good people. Uh, so my favorite, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Well, my favorite Barkley story, um, this is this is the year after I retired. Um, Barkley was broadcasting. They're in town for a broadcast. I go to El Gaucho after a Blazer game, and he's there. Just happened to be there, so we're sitting around. He's there by himself. So my ex-wife and I walk over, sit down with him, start to strike up a conversation. Hey, Harv, how you doing? And it was like we were old friends. So we're sitting there talking. He said, what are you doing now? I said, oh, you know, Chuck, I don't know. Just trying to figure it out. I retired this year. I'm trying to figure out the next thing. He said, hold on for a second. He calls one of the execs at Nike and says, hey, get out of bed. I got somebody here I want you to meet. Like that moment. And that guy gets out of bed. It was probably 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. Comes to El Gaucho, meets with me, gives me his number. I call him the next day. We're we're ready to start down the path of working for Nike. But then I got the Blazers job as a broadcaster. That to me, epitomizes Charles Barkley. Yeah, that sounds like, that sounds like Chuck. Yeah. Right? The kind yeah. of human being that he is. Like, I, he didn't have to do that for me. We could have sat there all night and shot the shit, and I would have been so happy. But he took it one step further because that's the kind of person he is. So, 
to answer your question, Charles Barkley was smarter. Karl Malone was, was stronger. Do you feel like that's a component that's missing in today's NBA game? Is like, are, are guys like that that are allowed to be physical and big and strong? Oh, yeah. Um, no, no. I'll tell you what, it's not because LeBron gets away with it. <laughs> like, you know, LeBron James is Charles Barkley bigger, like he's taller. Mm -hmm. But if you look at LeBron's game, Le LeBron's game, what does he do that Charles didn't do? Yeah, he's right. Charles was a rebound, coast to coast, deliver the ball at the rim. He could pass it. Other than being you know, four or five inches taller, they're very similar in the way they attack. Um, so I think you can get away with it if you choose to, but it's, it's hard. It's hard on the body. Hmm. I think we, on my end, I lost you for a second. Uh oh, did I? I'm still did I here. Still, you still there, Eric? I'm still here. I thought you were kicking okay. in. I'm chiming in. I'm talking. Yeah, yeah. No, I was, we were waiting on you. So, so I think you can get away with it if you're the right type, yeah. right? Like you can't, you can't be a center that overpowers people unless you're Joel Embiid. But then you think about what Joel has really done. He is, he doesn't, he's not an overpowering center from the center position. Mm -hmm. Instead, he takes you out to 17 feet, moves you with the ball, then gets into your body and attacks the rim. There is no lumbering big man. Back big to the basket. Yep. Yep, mm -hmm. overpowering player. There's no more um, Patrick Ewings in the yeah. game. There's no more Shaquille O'Neal's in the game. Uh, although young Shaquille could have played in, the, in this league today because of his athleticism. Mm -hmm. So when you when you look at it from that standpoint, um, no. And at the same time, yes. Uh, like I said, Joel Embiid and LeBron James are two great examples. The kid in Utah, um, Donovan Mitchell, is a physical two guard. Mm -hmm. uh, I yeah, think another Damian great. Lillard. I was about to say another great example is Dame. Yeah. Dame's a power, he's a power point, mm -hmm. right? And that's what we were saying earlier. He's not CJ. He doesn't dance around you. Mm -hmm. He just literally manhandles you from the point guard position in a physical way. So I think you can get away with being physical. You just can't get away with being the old physical. You, there's a new version of it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree there. Um, actually, that kind of leads me into a, a new segment that we're, we're going to throw at you. We actually put out a post and asked for uh, fans to give questions to ask you. So I've got I got five questions from you from your fans. Uh oh, okay. Um, I got fans? Yeah, you, you still got, got fans, fans out there, man. <laughs> hey, this is not a joke, Tom. Listen, we put you on and we had more interaction off your episode than probably the other 10, 15 episodes combined. You were off the charts. I was getting texts from buddies. Like, what? <laughs> Do that again. That was awesome. I, I'm, like, I'm, I'm not joking when I say we It was had, popular. There was a, a big contingent of, of listeners that we had saying, you got to bring Tone back on. We love that episode. <laughs> like, all right, I we'll see what that. we can do. Um, but the first one, the first one I got for you is, I, I don't know if, if you know this name, but it's it's from Chris Burkhart. Do you know that name? <laughs> not by he name. For, he worked for Comcast Sportsnet. Yep. Oh, okay. He, okay. So he actually, well, it was kind of a, um, I think I had it up here for a second. Uh, it was kind of a two-parter question. Um, the first one being, if you remembered him from, uh, I think, setting up on the road 
the road games for Comcast Sportsnet or whatever it was called. Just tell him I'm old and don't remember. <laughs> uh, he said the answer That's is definitely That's partially true, no. by the way. The, he, that, said, that, he said that. the answer is definitely no. He doesn't remember me. <laughs> but I had to throw that out there just because I know he's going to listen to this. But his, his actual question for you, you've okay. already touched on it quite a bit. But his question is, does a former NBA big man see the pendulum swinging back to where big men tend to stay in the paint and dominate with their back to the basket or is being a stretch five just forever part of the big man's arsenal now? I think it's a part of the arsenal now. It, it has to because the three-point shot is so prevalent in the NBA now. However, Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, the two most dominant big men in the league are showing us that you can dominate from the outside in, mm -hmm. right? And Gary mm -hmm. Payton did it. Gary Payton showed us this 20 years ago, by the way. Gary Payton was a dominant big from the outside in. A dominant point guard, right? He was a was he wasn't say, a shooter, <laughs> but he wasn't a shooter. He yeah. but he overpowered point guards by backing them into the paint. But he backed them in from the perimeter. Basically, mm -hmm. all we're seeing is the evolution of the big to become more skilled and more skilled in a way that the physical attributes of a big man are now enhanced. Big, your big guard. Yeah, you're a yeah. big guard. You're a big physical guard. That's yeah. exactly what it is. Do you, do you so, think the so, league yeah. is? Do you think the league is moving towards more positionless basketball? Yes, I teach positionless basketball. Uh, I always have. Um, from fourth grade to eighth grade, I don't know what you're going to be. You could be the biggest fourth grader and the smallest eighth grader, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to teach positionless basketball. And once you get to the eighth, ninth grade. It doesn't even matter if your coach is done right by you. You get to the eighth and ninth grade. You've got positionless skill. You can dribble, pass, and shoot. Mm -hmm. So now you take that into the ninth grade, and now you're six nine, six ten. Well, if you're six nine, six ten, you can dictate to the coach what you do. Right? You're not going to tell me where to go, coach. I'm going to tell you where I'm going <laughs> to go because I'm a star. Mm -hmm. So positionless basketball is all that's left, and I think the game is better for it because you're seeing better skilled players. And this whole fucking idea that players from the 70s or these players are soft and couldn't play back then that's not at all true the players today play the game they're taught mm -hmm. we were taught a tougher game so we were tougher players if you put the guys from back then if you put patrick ewing in today's game you'd have joel Embiid. if you put joel Embiid in that game you'd have patrick ewing they're the same athlete the same player. I'm so fucking tired of guys telling me that guy couldn't play the end. Just get out of here. That so means here's you don't the guy. basketball. <laughs> here's the guy that nobody brings up that I always say if he played today, he'd actually be better now than he was when he played. Brad Doherty. Oh, let me think about that. I gotta be Brad Doherty would be he'd be yoke. Yeah, that's what I that's, that's exactly how I see it. I'm like, that guy would be better now than he was when he played because his skill set is better served now than it was back then. I'm gonna tell you a guy who would be better now than he was back then. And I don't even know if it's possible for this guy to be better than he was back then. And that's um Will Chamberlain. Oh, oh my goodness. If Will Chamberlain played in the day's game, he'd be Giannis X2. Yeah, it's seven feet. I mean, he'd be but... so much better than Giannis, though. Oh, by the way, here's your here's your boy Chris. Yeah. <laughs> wait, oh, what, wait. Just send it. There it is. There it is. Oh, oh, yeah, Chris. Oh, yeah, Chris. <laughs> oh, 
he does my God, man. It's fair. See, now that you showed me the picture. Yeah, 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 yeah. Chris. Yep. Oh, that's too good. Oh, I'm so glad oh, you remember man. Chris now. All right. All right. Let me get to the next question. Hit him question. with the next one. Hit him with the next let one. Let me get to the next question. This, this is coming. you can't forget, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> this is coming from uh, a Patrick Bernhard. Uh, he wants to know if you think we can win it all with Dame on the roster. The reason that I'm doing that is because I consider that to be a dumbass question. <laughs> he, um, turned, he, turned, he turned off his camera. Just, Patrick, you don't get to ask questions anymore, bro. <laughs> Who the fuck asked a question like that? Do you think this right? Yes. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. To be very clear, <laughs> Dame is a hell of a player. Dame is a championship caliber player. Dame is a leader of champions, you know, and that's what that's what I think bothers me about the question. It would be different if Dame were just average. Then okay, we could have a conversation about it. But the truth is, Dame is a leader of men. He's not just the leader on the basketball court. He's a fucking leader. Dumbass question. I'm sorry. All Who's right, that guy? On. Moving on. <laughs> Patrick, what's Patrick Bernhardt? Can you can you can you ban people from listening to your show? <laughs> I will never do that. Hey, Patrick. We are, we are an all-inclusive, all-inclusive show. Nice everyone's We're question. not on anybody's team here, Patrick, so we don't necessarily agree with Tom. I agree with Tom. <laughs> <laughs> we don't necessarily agree with Tom, but we do. All I'm sorry, Patrick. Time. I'm I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry, well, Big P. Big, big, yeah, a little. <laughs> <laughs> all right, next, next question. <laughs> This one comes was, from Chris Staley. Trying to set me up right there. Go ahead. <laughs> this one comes. No one more comes dumb from shit, Chris Tim. Staley. No more dumb shit. Uh, or actually, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna flip this. This one's coming from Scott Poole. What was your biggest adjustment coming from college into the NBA? Speed of game. Speed, speed. of game. Easily the speed of game. Um, I averaged my senior year. I averaged 18, 10, and five. Right. And when I got to the league, I was a, I was a better athlete than probably 99.9% of guys in the NBA. But you cannot come from college and know how fast the NBA game is. It's just not possible. So for anybody, but this is also why I believe that if you can get catch a guy in his third or fourth year of college, you're going to be better off because you've had a chance to adjust. The biggest difference between high school and college is the speed of the game. The biggest difference between college and the NBA is the speed of the game. The more years you spend in college, the more the more you've adjusted to a new speed. So when you get a guy who's 18, 19 years old, just coming out of high school, he's had no chance to adjust. And that's why you see these guys, it takes them two or three seasons to adjust. And then by the time you get to season three, you know what most teams have done? They've moved on. They've moved on to a new guy. And now that guy, He's, he's, he's an afterthought. So I think speed of game is easily the biggest adjustment to be made. All right, next question. This is the final question from our mailbag. This one comes from Chris Staley. What stood out to you about Rip City fans? Hmm, I think the passion, right? 
love it or hate it, I mean, we were just clowning a guy for asking what I call the dumbass question. <laughs> and, I, and, and, you know, I, I have to come back and circle back. I, I do a lot of that stuff in fun. Like, I, there are no dumb questions. I do that because I like to joke just around. Just dumb people, right? Right. Well, there's not <laughs> different part of the conversation. But but the reason I, I say those are the passion of the fans. I don't think there's a better fan base. And, and again, my sample size is limited. I played in Seattle. I played in Atlanta. I played in L.A., right? LA, Vancouver fans are great because we were new. But then we lost 17 games in a row. I played for the Clippers. Yeah, they don't even have fans. Different conversation. <laughs> um, I would say the passion of the fans. And, and, and so I'll share a story with you guys if you got a moment. You'll love this one. So this is back from my Atlanta days. Um, I get to the Hawks. And... Atlanta fans are notoriously are notoriously fickle. Like the fan base for sports in Atlanta is yep. ultra fickle. Yep. So the Hawks hadn't been relevant in years and years and years. It was um Sharif Abdul Rahim and um, Theo. Uh, Theo Ratliff was on that roster, right? It yep. was a bunch of of, of, of guys, uh, decent players. But Danny the Dickow, Jason, you're... Dan Dickow was a rookie. Um, he was my rookie, as a matter of fact. Um, uh, Jason Terry was there. Big Dog was there. Okay, so get to the story. So opening night, they want to bring the fan base in. So they play in a concert with, uh, oh man, Dougie Fresh, right? It's an old school concert. Run DMC's there. Like it's literally an old school concert that's going to start as soon as we leave the court for the game. <laughs> so what they thought was that would bring fans into the game. Well, what happened is first quarter, 4,000 people. Second quarter, 4,200 people. Third quarter, 8,000 people. Starting the fourth quarter, 12,000 people. Three minutes to go in the game, 17,000 people in the arena. <laughs> Sold out. <laughs> So, so we the game is over. We lose. Fans are fucking cheering like yes, Dougie and Fresh. I like, and I didn't know that there was a concert. Like I, I didn't know prior to that there was a concert. Mm -hmm. But the fans are like cheering, and I'm like, this is so odd. These fans are cheering, and we lost. Yeah, this is a cool fan base. Okay, <laughs> they are hella supportive. Go into the locker room, and all of a sudden, you know, we, we're doing our pregame speech. And I, I don't think Ron Kruger had a chance. Ron Kruger had a chance to get two minutes into his pregame speech and all that. I'm like, oh my God. And the fans are even louder than they were before. So basically, the fans did not come or care to watch a basketball game. They came for the concert and they showed up midway through the fourth quarter. That's the difference between Rip City fans and Atlanta Hawk fans. It's Rip City fans would have been there an hour before the game watched the whole game and probably went home before the concert started because they didn't give a fuck about anything but watching the Blazers play. That to me is the difference between this fan base and any fan base in the country. And I'll put, I'll put our fan base against anybody any day of the week, especially when you start when you start talking about New York or Miami or LA. There is no fan base like this one except for Utah. Indiana. Indiana. Mm -hmm. Right? There's three or four but it's the small market teams. Mm -hmm. And if guys had a chance to experience small market teams, they would change their perspective on what it is to play here, right? Everybody, you know, everybody talks about going to LA, going 
going to Miami, going to New York, going to Chicago. Those fan bases are great. Chicago's a great fan base, by the way, win, lose, or draw, and they're a big city. But that's the only one I would stack up against the Blazers fan base in terms of their passion for this team. Chicago. Um, Milwaukee. Milwaukee's fan base. But Milwaukee's another small city, yeah. right? So you are you talking just big that. cities? Yeah, I'm talking about okay. big city fan base. The only one with a decent fan base is is, is Chicago. But you know now the biggest Milwaukee, fakers are sorry, I, we got our boy Roe who does that Bay Area bullshit. But Golden State, okay. Golden State fans, the most fake fans I've fair weather fans. Oh man, oh yeah, the, the ultimate. I want to see where they're going to be in four years when Steph's retired, or five years when Steph's retired, because they're going to be a shit team shortly after that. I remember on my previous Twitter account, which I don't have anymore because something happened. Hmm. Um, you was in there using somebody DM. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, this was this was probably like six or seven years ago when Steph and company started winning big games. And I'm, you know, I was calling out Golden State fans like, you don't even know who this is. And I pulled a screenshot of uh, Mark Cooper from Hang With Mr. Cooper when he was the, the episode where he played for Golden State. And I'm like, you tell me who this Golden State warrior is and I will believe that you are a warrior fan. And they people were like trying to figure it out. I'm like, see, this is you would yes, know. You would, you would know. Suspect Got ass him. fans. Yeah. You would well, know. Marcelonis didn't know who Saranus Marcelonis was. Oh, I tell you what, I'll tell you what he was. He was stinky. That's a different conversation. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm Europeans, man. And Rudy Fernandez is Hey man, we don't talk we don't, we don't talk about European. That's that's uh you're racist. <laughs> mm, I got some European friends, man. They don't they're on that Tom's all natural. Oh, I was watching a TV show the other day, and this girl lifted her arm, and she had a. It was a, and I was like, "That's that's that's so cool. That's different. <laughs> that's something. Okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, I, I got a question about a previous player. Is it is it true that Vladi Divac would smoke cigarettes after the game? Oh shoot! Oh no, we lost tone. Well, he'll come back. I bet you his computer died. Bet it did. All right, I got you. Did you computer die? Huh? <laughs> yes, that's exactly what happened. My computer died. I don't have a charger down here because I'm always on my PC or my 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 your yeah. desktop. So yeah, yeah. Oh, that's funny. So Vladdy Bivac, what about it? Vladdy, is it true he was always smoking after a game, like cigarettes? Nah, nah, it's not true. He smoked before the game. Oh, perfect. <laughs> no, dead, at halftime? Dead, dead serious. Uh, I never saw him smoke at halftime, but when I was with the Lakers, uh, Vladdy's room always seemed to be next to mine. And like, I'll never forget the day we were in Orlando, standing at, at the hotel. On the 25th of February, 2022 at 7 p.m. Were well, your Siri going off on you? Yes! <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's the government. It's, technology, it's, the, federal, man. it's the feds. <laughs> so we're, we're in Orlando. And and Vladi is in the room next to me, and there's a balcony in the rooms in this hotel. And I come out, and Vladi is sitting out on his porch, and he smoked about eight cigarettes already. And this is by noon. This is after shoot around. That was him, though. Now he he actually stopped that habit towards the end of his career. But when I we were in LA together, he was he was a chain smoker, one of the best dudes you'll ever meet. Though I always had a lot yeah. of love for Vladi. Um, I can't think of many bad teammates that I ever had. As you know, now that I think about it, it was a couple, but and I like I, I try not to bring them up. But for the most part, man, I was blessed to have 
great teammates throughout my career. That's awesome, man. That's, I mean, there's not a lot of us that can say we've had just great coworkers throughout our careers. You know, like that's, you, you are definitely blessed in that respect. Man, I, I, you know what? I'm blessed in a lot of, lot of get regards, man. I just, I don't know that a kid like me was supposed to have been able to accomplish the things that I've been able to do. Um, yeah, a lot of people don't know this, but I, I don't, I don't mind sharing it because I hope that it inspires people to keep pushing. But um, I graduated from high school with a 2.0 GPA, right? And I had to make straight A's my senior year just to get to a 2.0. I wasn't supposed to go to college. Um, had it not been for a couple of AP classes, they they put me in by mistake as a ninth grader, and I made C's that became B's. Right? I'm not even supposed to go to college. Then I get to the University of Georgia and I start feeling myself and I decide that, you know, I don't want to go to class. So I flunk out of the University of Georgia and that should have ended and derailed any opportunity that I had to play in the NBA. Uh, I get to Pfeiffer and I'm blessed to, to come across a great coach in Bobby Lutz who really instilled the discipline to go beyond just basketball. And I tell my, my kids this all the time. I became a great basketball player when I became a great student because I became a great person, right? Mm -hmm. And so I look at it that way. And then, you know, I didn't get drafted. And, you know, it, it didn't even phase me. Like, I had been through so much by the time I got to the draft. I didn't even care. Like, fuck a draft. I'll go make a team somewhere. And I remember telling my agent. He would call me. He was trying to calm me down. And he finally realized I wasn't even upset. Like, dude, this is just another piece. This is just another obstacle that I'm going to overcome. So I, I say all of that just to say, man, every day of my life is blessed. Bless like them. not just my teammates, but everything. And then I, then I get into, I, I stumble into the damn cannabis space and my company should have died four years ago. And now it's better than it's ever been. Like we were literally on the brink of bankruptcy and we fought through it. And here I am one of the best in the business and I don't work a day in my life. So yeah, man, I'm, I'm blessed every single morning I wake up. You just taught yourself at an early age how to stay on top. Hmm? Perseverance. Maybe that's what it was. But, you know, I was yeah, asked the question in an interview the other day, if I were, if they were going to create a super character, a superhero character based around me, what would be the, 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 the superpower? And that's what I answered was perseverance. Like yeah. literally, no matter what happens, you just, you just go. And I was, I've been blessed to, to have that, that, that mindset that there's nothing you're going to do um, you know, man, I, I, I could ramble on, but I remember when I got to the NBA, uh, I would tell myself, there's nothing this coach is going to do in this three hour window that you can't handle. He's going to practice you for three hours. As long as he stays under three hours, there is nothing that's going to happen that you won't be ready for. And that was my mentality. You weren't going to run me too much, you, nothing, no matter what you did in that three hour window. I was prepared to fight through it. And I taught that, I teach that to my kids and anybody who's around me long enough starts to pick up on that vibe. I think that's a great outlook on, I mean, life in general. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that whatsoever. And I think we all can learn from your experiences. I mean, just like what you said, you know, hopefully our listeners uh, will take from that, I mean, what they will, but, you know, hopefully they can kind of learn from, from your experience as well. And, and, kind of embed some of that perseverance in into their own lives i mean that's awesome tone and i think that's why i think that's why you're 
you're so nice to talk to you're so personable is because you're kind of yes you've been on the main stage but you're also just like a blue collar guy just like the rest of us which Gee, is really cool. i think i am <laughs> you know, just kind of uh, real just a real dude yeah. well that 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 to me was always important right um i've been around some great people larry miller by the way i don't know if you guys have seen his story uh former blazers um uh, president mm -hmm. but he's one of those people i patterned once i got to meet him he became a pattern right like dude i watched him he knew every janitor in the entire building he's a president of the team he knew every name of every janitor he he just people loved him because he was real and he's one of the realest people i've been around and so i've been blessed to have people like that in my life that have allowed me to grow and learn and and become better than I, I was the day before I met him. And certainly he's one of them. You guys have now become a part of that. Like I enjoy coming on your show because you guys represent something that I was never blessed to be a part of, right? You guys get to watch basketball in a way that I was never allowed to watch basketball. And that's cool as hell. So keep doing what you're doing. Keep taking advantage of that opportunity and keep having me on so we can laugh and joke a little bit. Man. Well, I appreciate that tone. That's that's high praise coming from you. I appreciate that a lot. He just likes my headphones. <laughs> say, that, say that again. I said, he just likes my headphones. Yeah, I just wanted to get a picture of you. Uh, from a screenshot. That's all that was. That was uh, I needed him to talk again to get a screenshot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Tone, uh, I, I want to wrap this up, but before we do, I want to give you some time to talk about legends and, and the cannabis space or anything else you got going on. Just put oh, it out there, man. Man, so, you know, we can talk about legends because I'm finally at a place where it's really doing the things that I wanted to do. Uh, when we started this, when we started in the cannabis space, you know, I had been around cannabis because my brother who played in the NFL, he had smoked his entire NFL career. He played 12 years as a linebacker. So, you know, his body was beat down. And he really started me on that cannabis journey after I retired. I, I started utilizing, utilizing cannabis to sleep better as a broadcaster and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and that got me really thinking about it. And, and so then we got into cannabis as a business. Um, and then I really started diving into the science. And as I started diving into the science, I was like, man, there's so much here that people just don't know. There's so, it's such a positive plant, but it's been given such a negative stigma. Mm -hmm. So part of what I've always wanted to do was create products and things that normalized cannabis, right? Let's take it out of the closet and let's take it off that, you know, out of that group in the corner where they're smoking. Let's create products that allow people to utilize cannabis the way they would, the way they would at any time, every single day. So that that's how we started Legends. And, and you know, we, we utilize athletes, but this isn't an athlete's brand. It was created by athletes to provide athlete level relief for normal people, right? Like our CBD rub, uh, our, our cream, our topical sports cream, is fucking fire. I use it every day. I have I had left knee surgery in July. Three days after surgery, I was no longer taking opioids. I was only using cannabis, only using CBD products. Never took an opioid to deal with the pain in my knee because of what I was able to do 
with uh, with CBD and THC. My, I don't take a lot of CBD, a THC. I don't like to be high. Uh, and then we took it one step further. And what I'm most proud of that we're doing is we were able to evolve Legends into a product set called Deviate. And Deviate is a drink line. What we've done is we've taken the hangover out of hanging out, right? So this is a drink line with no alcohol, micro doses of THC. It's a socialized cannabis. So you can be in a bar or in a room full of people and drink your cannabis the way other people drink beer or wine or whatever spirit that they want to drink. But tomorrow morning, when they feel like crap, your hangover isn't there. We're like that's the, that's the biggest plus to what we're doing. But we put the doses so low that one can doesn't get you stoned. One can just gives you the tingles, the same way one one drink does. Um, and then we created flavors that you're used to, like Moscow Mule or Long Island Ice Iced Tea, Cosmos. Uh, mojitos. We've got a, a tequila sunrise that'll be out this summer. Um, so for me, everything we're doing in the cannabis space is about the normalization of the plant. I want to do a mac and cheese. I'll bring you guys some when I'm done. Uh, we have a we have a I'm we in. have the ability to make it. Uh, so yeah, I'll get you guys some mac and cheese when it's time. But that that's me in the cannabis space. Um, check out legendscbd.com. Check out Powered by Legends which is our, our ambassador website. And we talked about this a little bit. One of the things we decided on when we started the brand was I, I love professional athletes, uh, you know, but I think that they're overused in the branding space. You know who's not overused in the branding space? Nurses. People who look just like us. Right? <laughs> Nurses who work their asses off. Mm -hmm. And especially during this pandemic, they deserve to be taken care of. So we decided awesome. we wanted to find people like that. Somebody who works out on the weekends, like our, our, our second female ambassador, this young lady named Jess Johnston. Jess races OCR, which is Tough Mudder and Spartan races. And she's like hella dedicated to that. But she's also a registered nurse and a mother of two, right? Why doesn't she deserve some love from a company like ours as she starts to go out there and, and grind her body every single day. So we, we went out, we reached out to Jess and she's now one of our ambassadors. And those are the types of people we're looking at. So if you're listening and you think you fit the bill, go onto the website, check out the ambassador page and sign up. If we like what we see, we'll sign you up as an ambassador. We're dedicated to the every man, to the everyday legend. That's fantastic. Tone, thank you so much for taking time out of your evening to spend with us talk sports, talk cannabis. What can we say other than please come back? Yeah, it's been real, man. This is fun. <laughs> well, you guys know how to reach me. I ain't that hard to find. I'm either on, look, I'm not on Instagram. I'm not on Twitter. But you can't find me on Facebook where I post all, all types of bullshit. But please follow me because I just like to have fun. All right, Tone. Well, thanks, man. Have a good night, and we'll see you next time. All right, guys. Talk to you soon. All right. See you, Tone. Shout out to my co-host, Eric, the Encyclopedia Foster, the Basketball Podcast Network, DraftKings, and especially you, our listeners, Twitter followers, and Bucket Busters. You make it so easy to keep stepping up to this mic. Keep reaching out to us on Twitter, at Busted Bucket, with your comments and questions. We love building community with you all. 
Don't forget to rate, follow, and subscribe if you're digging what we're saying. Be good to each other, Rip City. We'll catch you next time on the Busted Bucket Podcast. Thanks for listening.